You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 90. In this episode, I talk about 12 different revenue streams for lifestyle entrepreneurs. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. When you're building your lifestyle business, you should think about different streams of income. Find out how you can add new revenue streams to your online business right now. In the show notes, you'll find a list of all the revenue streams I talk about on the show. You'll find the show notes by going to sigrun.com forward slash 90. Lifestyle entrepreneurs can earn money in many different ways. I want to talk about the different revenue modules that you can add to your business that you may not have thought about yet. In no particular order, I'll start with affiliate revenue. Maybe because that's something I wasn't a big fan of until quite recently, I must say. Well, the first thing I was an affiliate for was the software tools that I use in my business. Now that made absolute sense to me because I spent, especially in the first year of my online business, I spent so much time testing a lot of different tools. Then I did a webinar on it. For instance, I tested five different scheduling tools until I finally picked one that fulfilled all the criteria I had. Now it made sense to me to become then an affiliate for that tool. And then I did that for other tools that I used in my business, scheduling tool for social media or landing page software. But I wasn't a fan of heavily promoting it, like not making constantly posts on my social media about, yeah, you should use this tool and not that tool. So I've been quite kind of reserved, actually, almost too reserved. So people have had to ask me for affiliate links on my software. But I did do a podcast episode on all the software tools that I use in my business. And there I used affiliate links wherever I had one. So you might be doing this if you're a marketing coach or business coach, but maybe it doesn't make sense if you're a life coach or if you're a health coach. But what everybody can do is to be an affiliate for somebody else's program. Now, this could be a coaching program or online course. Online course is a lot easier because it's easier for the other person to give you a higher commission. Typically in the US, that's 50%. Some people have gone down to 40%. But if it's an online course, you cannot go much lower because then the other person will just not go all in on their marketing efforts. If you are uh, you know, promoting a program that is a group coaching program or a retreat or one-on-one coaching, you cannot expect such a high commission like 40 or 50%. Then it's more like 10 or 20 or possibly 30%, but it's more on the lower end, but the total amount might be much higher. So in the end effect, it might be beneficial for you. 
I decided a long time ago not to be an affiliate for somebody else's one-on-one or group coaching programs. I just honestly wanted to refer people to some other coach when applicable. But I have been an affiliate for some online courses that I've decided not to do myself. For instance, on money mindset, five uh, day challenges or profit from Facebook groups, or when it really dives deep into one subject. Because inside my Samba program, I talk about all these things, but I can never go as deep as someone who specializes in the topic. And that's why I've decided to become affiliate for only a few of these programs. You cannot be affiliate for too many things because, you know, there's only so much time in your annual calendar and you have to put your own products first. Always put your own products first. If you have a conflict in the time, pick first your own products and never ever do affiliate marketing at the same time you're marketing your own program. Affiliate marketing is a great addition. It's not your main revenue stream. There are some people who have become very wealthy from making it their own revenue stream or their main revenue stream, but they've always, always at some point later decided to bring in their own products because they realize it's a risky strategy to be dependent on other people's products. So that's just my kind of a caution to you. I think it's a wonderful addition and I want to even mention Amazon or things like that, that could be a real extra benefit for you, but it can never be a big, big revenue provider. So let's talk about sponsors and advertisers. I know this is probably not something that you have thought about doing and you might not even want to add to your business. Most people don't, but I want to mention it because it is a revenue stream. If you are doing a podcast like mine, and you would have lots and lots of downloads and it's already very popular, you might get some interest from sponsors. Maybe it's the email provider you're using or the landing page software you're using. Typically, it's, it's a software or something that can be sold on a big, big scale, so not a coaching program. And that company might approach you or you might decide when you have achieved Uh, you know, a substantial amount of downloads. Don't go ahead with 1,000 downloads and hope you get a sponsorship. You have to have a substantial amount of downloads, possibly 100,000 downloads at least before you approach a possible sponsor to ask them to sponsor your show. Then there would be a little ad in the beginning and the end of your show. Da-da-da-da-da, I'm your sponsor. Go here to this website and download this freebie, blah, blah, blah. And they would pay you on a monthly basis so that the cost of your podcast is possibly for you a free marketing tool. But you might be someone like me, even if I would be approached for sponsorship, I honestly, at least at this point in time, I would not want it. I think I have so much to share. I have lots of freebies. I have wonderful trainings, like seven stages of a profitable online business. And I want to share that with my listeners. And I don't want a software tool to kind of grab away my opportunity of promoting a freebie. Now, I know some people that do both. They have a sponsorship and they also promote their own freebie, but then the intro and the outro becomes quite long and honestly exhausting for anyone listening. So that's one way with sponsors. Advertisers, well, if you have a very popular blog, 
there are people that actually live from advertising. When anyone comes to me and says, this is what I want to do. I want to have a popular blog and I will live from advertising. I say, no, don't do it. Don't do it. It's so few unicorns. It's really, it's very, very difficult to get to this spot. Now, if you would come to me and say, hey, I have 200,000 visitors per month to my blog, I would say, well, go ahead, go for it. Then maybe it makes sense. But typically for the average coach or blogger, it doesn't make any sense to get advertisement on their blog. It might actually dilute your brand. And for instance, in my case, I wouldn't want any advertisement on my website. But it is a revenue stream and I wanted to mention it. I know of people who make, I don't know, I think about $50,000 a month using the strategy, but they have lots of traffic. They have so much traffic that we could only dream of it. Then I want to talk about ebooks and checklists. I'm going up the revenue stream a bit from uh, the sponsorships, uh, although affiliate can be quite a big revenue stream if done correctly. Ebooks and checklists. These are typically a very low priced products, but it's a wonderful start on the customer journey. If you're just starting out and you don't have a regular stream of clients yet, don't think about this strategy yet. Please focus on one-on-one -on -one clients and higher revenue ticket items. But if you already have a constant stream of clients and you're thinking how you can just make it more regular and have your income uh, be you know, consistent, it's time to think about how you can start this customer journey earlier with lower priced products. That's where eBooks and checklists are fantastic. Uh, I, for instance, I started to do webinars uh, mid-2014. There were not so many people doing webinars back then. And people were really kind of like, oh, how do you do it? And I said, well, I have a checklist. I've developed a checklist. I've not learned to do webinars from anyone. I just kind of made my mistakes and fixed them. And I started to write down a checklist because I wanted to outsource the setup and, and, and the running and sending out the replay and everything from my webinars. So I wrote on a checklist and this checklist was suddenly 50 items with a very detailed descriptions of what to do when you're running a webinar. And people started to ask me, can I buy this? And I'm like, really? You want to buy my checklist? And I never went so far to selling it, but it was just a good reminder that when you have created something in your business, you can sell it. And it may first just be an internal tool for you and your team, but it might be something that somebody else wants. Now, if you're a life or a health coach, it doesn't make sense to sell a checklist on how to do webinars, but I think you get my point. When you have a really good checklist that save somebody else time, you can sell it, but you can also decide to give it away, which is what I ultimately did. The webinar checklist that I talked about is actually one of my freebies. And so I give it freely away. And the decision was more on the side of, hey, I want people to experience wonderful free material from me. I actually want my free material to be so good that somebody's willing to pay for it. But I could at any point in time decide otherwise and start to charge for this checklist. Especially if I would add a little video to it. 
or have it like behind an access point on my membership site. I've not gone so far to written an actual ebook myself. I started at some point to thinking that I could convert this webinar checklist into an ebook, but I realized that webinar tools change so fast that it doesn't make any sense. So if you're thinking of writing an ebook, try to write on a topic that doesn't change as fast as some of these software tools like Facebook and webinar software. Another way to earn revenue is apps and magazines. Now here we're also talking about something that can be free, but it can also be paid. Typically with apps, you might want to actually go the premium way or freemium way, which means you give something away for free, but people can upgrade and get access to more for a low fee. Because if you start with from the point of wanting to sell the app, you might not get enough downloads and then the, the app does never go onto any top 10 list. So it might be better strategy to give the app away for free and then start to charge. One of my wonderful clients had this strategy for her app. So she had basically combined the two. She actually had a magazine in an app format. You could download the app for free and you got one of her magazines for free as a teaser. And then you see would follow up with email and app notifications that another magazine was out and then you could start a subscription. And this is a wonderful way to kind of go from free to paid without being too, you know, intrusive about it. People have already had a great experience. Those who decided they want to pay, they could pay and others said, okay, this one magazine is enough for me. It's a big decision to do an app and have a magazine, but it might be the perfect one for you. You got to think about the whole customer journey and what happens after they have the magazine, because the magazine alone or the app alone is possibly not going to be your main revenue stream. We're talking about all these different revenue streams as a combination of how to build a more sustainable and profitable business. We're coming to books and publications. Obviously, you cannot get rich from books unless you're GK <laughs> Rowling and writing about Harry Potter. But for everyone else, your book is like a $20 business card. That's the best description that I ever heard. Yes, if you are uh, doing self-publishing, you can definitely earn some money on the side, but it's not going to be for the money. It's going to be that people hold a book in their hand or they have it on their Kindle and you have a better way to reach to them. You can include links in the books to all your freebies or have resources and get them to the next level. It's really a wonderful business card that is a little bit extra revenue stream. And then you kind of have a possibility of a much, much broader reach than if you just work with Facebook ads and freebies. Speaking engagements. In the beginning, when you start with speaking engagement, they're typically free. There are not so many that move over to paid speaking engagements. When I'm talking about speaking engagement, I'm talking about somebody asks you to speak. In most cases, that's free. But when you have become the expert in a topic, and that's why it's so important to have a niche and not be just a general coach in a big, big uh, field of hundreds and thousands of coaches, when you are truly an expert in your field, people will want you to come and speak and they're willing to pay for it. 
I've gotten requests for speaking engagement. Many of them are actually most of them, to be honest, are free. But I've also got requests for paid speaking engagement. Then I've made an offer back. And uh, in some cases, it, it has not worked out because possibly I had to travel to another country. I had to talk for an hour. So basically, I had to prepare a completely new talk that I might not have had before. So suddenly for me, this is a three-day investment. Now, if the other party is not willing to pay for three days of my time, that speaking engagement will not happen for me. But this depends also where you are in your own journey as an entrepreneur. If you're starting out, you want to do as many speaking engagements as possible and you should be totally fine with them being free. But you should woo them away so that your likelihood of getting paid to speak goes up. Software. I have seen more and more coaches start to develop software. Actually, sometimes I'm quite surprised who has started on this journey. Now, I have a master's degree in computer science. I have run a software company. So I, it would not be unlikely for someone with this background to at some point develop software. Currently, I have no interest at all to develop software. But if I have the perfect background for it. But even if you don't have the perfect background yourself, you can always get a business partner with you to develop the software. So let's say you are a health coach and you are getting tired of how crappy all the scheduling tools are for your clients and you come up with a great, great idea on how this could be done better. That might be the brilliant idea and then you find someone that is willing to go into this venture with you. You have to create a separate project and ideally a separate business around this because if it doesn't work out, you don't want it to ruin your coaching business. And you want to get a programmer on board that is willing to develop the software with you and for you. If you have the funds, you ideally just pay someone. If you don't have the funds, you actually do it as a partnership. And I have seen many take this on a wonderful path where the software in the end becomes a much lucrative business and much easily scalable business than the coaching business itself. But, and there's a big but, From my experience running a website company where we had our own CMS systems, it took us years to develop a good system. It took us a lot of programming hours and the cost is substantial. But if that's something you love to do, I think it's a great revenue stream. Physical products. Now, physical products is something that you might not think about when you're a coach, but Adding it to your brand does make sense. You know, when I think about it, have selling Sigrun shoes or Sigrun shirts, it absolutely makes sense to me. I'm not doing it right now, but there is a tiny little light bulb here in the corner of my brain thinking, hmm, I think it's much more likely than the software revenue model for me to have some branded clothing. Now, it may not say Sigrun on the clothing because I somehow don't think that people will run around in t-shirt called Sigrun, but it might say I'm a lifestyle entrepreneur and then there's just a Sigrun logo inside the t-shirt or a tiny little bit on the back. So yes, 
Well, why would you do that? I just think when you are thinking of building a community, you will at some point reach that dimension where people just want to associate them with that community. I have seen this with so many coaches and not just coaches. If you think of Gary V, you know, I wouldn't mind running around in t-shirt that had a little Gary V logo and had some good, you know, uh, tagline on the front or the back because I'm a Gary V fan. And that was, that's what super fans do. They want to be associated with your community. They feel they're a part of your community and it does make sense to have physical products, cups, t-shirts, something like that, added to your revenue stream. And you might even want to develop it further, like having shoes, red shoes. But it's an additional revenue, possibly not your main revenue. Now we'll come to what probably is going to be your main revenue, which is online courses. Even if you're doing one-on-one coaching now, or you are moving over to group coaching, online courses are the most scalable way and most, you know, uh, consistent revenue stream you can have. Some could be small and they could be evergreen and others are big and you want to do launches for them. And typically you need a signature system. You don't want to just create online courses on all kinds of different topics. You want to create a signature online course. I talk about this in my seven stages of a profitable online business that I recommend that you have a smaller course where you kind of test everything. You test launching, you test how it is to create a course. You create a smaller course, typically four weeks. You could say that my Passionathon course, which used to be a seven day course, but is now a four week course, is a typical smaller course that has one of my frameworks in it, you know, how to find your true passion and the right business idea. And then my signature course is Samba. That's a 12 month program. Now your doesn't have to be that long. Typically signature courses are six, eight, or possibly 12 or 16 weeks. And that's your framework. And hopefully at some point, this is your main revenue stream and everything else is additional revenue. And you may even want to start, uh, stop at 50% because you want to lay your, all your eggs into one basket. And when you go into groups and VIP masterminds, that is also a substantial income of revenue that can be 30 to 50% of your total income. Whatever the percentage is, ultimately, if you want to call yourself an online entrepreneur, typically at some point, you come to the point where you want to have a signature online course. I thought like, oh, where's my signature online course? I don't have an idea yet. Then I was a bit impatient, to be honest. But when I came up with the idea for Samba, I was so glad that I had not rushed into this process. I truly believe that you should follow the seven stages process of first going through one-on-one, then groups, smaller online course before you develop your signature online program. And through combination of various online courses, you can have a substantial income of your total income being from courses. You can also sell, uh, you know, single workshops. I did this like your best year yet, which is now my seven stages profit plan is something that I do uh, 
typically two times a year. It's a three-hour workshop and I sell it. But that's that's more like the ebooks and the checklist I mentioned before. It's a start of the customer journey. It's not a big revenue stream for me. It's more to get people started on this journey to find out how it is to work with me so they're more interested to join my other programs. Then I'm going to talk about offline workshops and retreats. I run Mastermind Retreat Iceland once a year, and it's been a wonderful, wonderful addition to my revenue stream, but also just to my business and life. When I started on this journey of building an online business in 2014, for me, it was all about online business, and I didn't even consider offering anything that would take place offline. But I saw when I started to attend conferences and workshops myself, that it was so vital to meet people face to face. And the first thing I did was uh, offering a mastermind day in Zurich in January, 2015. And that brought me on this journey of, actually it was 2016, I have to correct myself. Yeah, it took me a while. It took me then two years to get to that point of offering something offline. And the mastermind day was so amazing. So I realized, hey, I want to do a retreat. And then I did the retreat. And this year I went even further and had a two-day life event with my clients. And offering these offline, whether it's a one-day or two-day event or as a small exclusive group or a full room of people, whatever it is, I think this is something you have to add to your online business. And it may not be very profitable, uh, to be honest, uh, my mastermind retreat Iceland is not a really profitable thing. Like if I just would look at profits and decide what to do in my business, I should properly skip it. But it's so much fun. I build deeper connection with my clients. And typically these are people who've bought something else from me either before or after, and they continue that journey with me. So even if your events are not highly profitable, they are a wonderful revenue addition. And it's more likely that people keep coming back and repeatable clients, that's the best way to build your business. I want to talk about membership sites. In a recent podcast, we have talked to at least two people who run very successful membership sites. And membership site is something that I've tried. I actually closed down mine recently because it wasn't exactly the way I wanted. And I developed actually Samba out of the membership site. So it was a wonderful way for me to learn what I liked and what I didn't like. And it took me on a different level. And I created then this wonderful signature program, Samba, instead. But creating a membership site, many of those that run successful membership site, for them, it's the main revenue stream. And that's important. They don't necessarily have a signature course. In most cases, actually, they don't. So the membership site is their signature course. Now there might be, you know, seven figure coaches that have both, but typically if you haven't reached that, uh, you know, the, the whole seven stages of profitable online business, if you haven't reached stage six or seven, then it may not make sense to have a membership site and a signature program because it's just additional work for you and this membership site is possibly not as strong revenue model as it could be if you would just focus on that. So that's my caution about membership sites. 
go into that with the thinking of making it your main business model. If you do it and it's not supposed to be your main business model, make sure that you have other products around it that make absolute sense so the membership site doesn't become a drain for you. I want to move over to one-on-one and group coaching, which is typically what you actually should start with when you're thinking about revenue models. As I explained in the seven states of profitable online business, I think everyone should start with one-on-one coaching. And uh, you may not have to do it for long, but you learn so much from working one-on-one with clients. And there's nothing, nothing in online courses or group programs that can replace that experience of just sitting with a client over Zoom or Skype and having that one-on-one conversation. And if you don't like doing one-on-one, then you don't have to do it for long. And if you see quickly what your framework is, you are doing exactly the same thing with all your five one-on-one clients, you can move to group coaching very fast. And if you see in the group coaching that your framework is absolutely working for your group, hey, go ahead and create your online course on the same topic. I'm a big believer in taking it step by step and not trying to rush straight to your membership site or straight to your online course. I tried to start with online course myself and that I had to take a step back. And I want you to start with the right revenue model for you, but then you can add all the other things that I've mentioned here on this episode today. And then you can go where a lot of people talk about seven revenue streams or seven streams of income. Whether there is seven or not, you shouldn't put all your eggs into one basket. Everyone says that you should have smaller courses, signature course, one-on-one coaching, and possibly then at some point you start to do something that's outside your core business. And that's where you want to get to when you have established a certain level of income, investing in real estate, in bonds, in shares, because you never know what happens and you don't want to put all eggs into one basket. Ready to turn your passion into profits? Get free access to the seven stages of a profitable online business by going to signal.com forward slash 90. There you'll also find links to all the revenue streams that I talked about in the show and the show notes of this episode. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share, subscribe and give the show a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.